Act 5 of The Devil is an Ass by Ben Johnson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene 1. A room in Tailbush's house. Enter Ambler and Pitfall. But has my lady missed me? Beyond telling. Here has been that infinity of strangers... And then she would have had you to have sampled you with one within that they are now a-teaching, and thus pretend to your rank. Good fellow Pitfall, tell Master Meercraft I entreat a word with him. Exit Pitfall. This most unlucky accident will go near to be the loss of my place. I am in doubt. Enter Meercraft. With me? What say you, Master Ambler? Sir, I would beseech your worship, stand between me and my lady's displeasure for my absence. Oh, is that all? I warrant you. I would tell you, sir, but how it happened. Brief, good Master Ambler, put yourself to your rack, for I have task of more importance. Sir, you'll laugh at me, but, so is truth, a very friend of mine, finding by conference with me that I lived too chaste for my complexion, and indeed, to honest for my place, sir, did advise me, if I did love myself, as that I do, I must confess. Spare your parenthesis. To give my body a little evacuation. Well, and you went to a whore? No, sir, I durst not. For fear it might arrive at somebody's ear, it should not. Trust myself to a common house. But got the gentlewoman to go with me, and carry your bedding to a conduit head, hard by the place or Tyburn, which they call my lord mayor's banqueting-house. Now, sir, this morning was execution. I never dreamt on it, till I heard the noise of the people and the horses, and neither I nor the poor gentleman durst stir till all was done and passed, so that in the interim we fell asleep again. Nay, if you fall from your gallop, I am gone, sir. But when I waked to put on my clothes, a suit I made new for the action, it was gone, and all my money— with my purse, my seals, my hard-wax, and my table-books, my studies, and a fine new device I had to carry my pen and ink, my civet, and my toothpicks, all under one. But that which grieved me was the gentlewoman's shoes, with a pair of roses and garters I had given her for the business. So as that made us stay till it was dark— for I was fain to lend her mine, and walk in a rug by her barefoot to St. Giles. A kind of Irish penance, is this all, sir? To satisfy my lady. I will promise you, sir. I have told the true disaster. I cannot state you, sir, to condole, but gratulate your return. Exit. An honest gentleman, but he's never at leisure to be himself. He has such tides of business. Exit. Scene two. Another room in the same. Enter Pug. Oh, call me home again, dear chief, and put me to yoking foxes, milking of he-goats, pounding of water in a mortar, laving the sea dry with a nutshell, gathering all the leaves are fallen this autumn, drawing farts out of dead bodies, making ropes of sand, catching the winds together in a net, mustering of ends and numbering atoms <laughs> all that hell and you thought exquisite torments rather than stay me here a thought more 
i would sooner keep fleas within a circle and be a compton the thousand years which of them and how far outleap the other than endure a minute such as i have within <laughs> there is no hell to a lady of fashion all your tortures there are pastimes to it would be a refreshing for me to be in the fire again from hence enter ambler and surveys him ambler aside this is my suit and those the shoes and roses they have such impertinent vexations a general council of devils could not hit seize ambler <gasps> aside this is he i took asleep with his wench and borrowed his clothes what might i do to balk him do you hear sir pug aside answer him but not to the purpose what is your name i pray you sir is so late sir i ask not of the time but of your name sir i thank you sir yes it does hold sir certain hold sir what holds i must both hold and talk to you about these clothes a very pretty lace but the tailor cozened me no i am cozened by you robbed why when you please sir i am for threepenny gleek your man pox o oh, your gleek and threepence give me an answer sir my master is the best at it your master who is your master let it be friday night what should be then your best songs tom abethlem i think you are he does he mock me trow from purpose or do i not speak to him what i mean good sir your name only a couple of cocks sir if we can get a widgeon tis in season he hopes to make one of those skeptics of me i think i name them right and does not fly me i wonder at that tis a strange confidence i'll prove another way to draw his answer exit severally scene three a room in fitzdotterell's house enter meercraft fitzdotterell and everell it is the easiest thing sir to be done as plain as fizzling roll but with your eyes and foam at the mouth a little castle soap will do it to rub your lips and then a nutshell with toe and touchwood in it to spit fire did you ne'er read sir little darrell's tricks with the boy of burton and the seven in lancashire summers at nottingham all these do teach it and we'll give out sir that your wife has bewitched you in practice with those two sorcerers and give you potions by which means you were not compos mentis when you made your fifement there's no recovery of your state but this this sir will sting and move in a court of equity for it is more than manifest that this was a plot of your wives to get your land i think it sir it appears nay and my cousin has known these gallants in these shapes do have done strange things sir one as a lady the other as a squire how a man of honesty may be fooled i thought him a very lady so did i renounce me else but this way sir you'll be revenged at height upon em all 
"'Yes, Faith, and since your wife has run the way of women thus, e'en give her—' "'Lost by this hand to me, dead to all joys of her dear daughter. "'I shall never pity her that could not pity herself.' "'Princely resolved, sir, and like yourself still in potentia.' "'Enter Guildhead, Plutarchus, Sledge, and Sergeants.' "'Guildhead, what news?' "'Oh, sir, my hundred pieces!' Let me have them yet. Yes, sir. Officers, arrest him. Me? I arrest you. Keep the peace, I charge you, gentlemen. Arrest me? Why? For better security, sir, my son Plutarchus assures me you are not worth a groat. Pardon me, father. I said his worship had no foot of land left. And that I'll justify, for I writ the deed. Have you these tricks in the city? Yes, and more. Arrest this gallant, too, here at my suit. Points to Mearcraft. Aye, and at mine. He owes me for his lodging two year and a quarter. Why, Master Guildhead, landlord, thou art not mad, though thou art constable, puffed up with the pride of the place. Do you hear, sirs? Have I deserved this from you, too, for all my pains at court, to give you each a patent? For what? Upon my project of the forks. Forks? What be they? The laudable use of forks brought into custom here as they are in Italy to the sparing of napkins, that that should have made your bellows go at the forge as his at the furnace. I have procured it, have the signet for it, dealt with the linen drapers on my private, because I fear they were the likeliest ever to stir against, to cross it, for twill be a mighty savour of linen through the kingdom, as that is one of my grounds, and to spare washing. Now on you two I had laid all the profits, guilt hid to have the making of all those of gold and silver for the better personages, and you of those of steel for the common sort, and both by patent. I have brought you your seals in, but now you have prevented me, and I thank you. Sir, I will bear you at mine own apparel. Nay, choose. Do you so too, good father? I like the fashion of the project well. The forks, it may be a lucky one, and is not intricate, as one would say, but fit for plain heads has ours to deal in. Do you hear, officers? We discharge you. Exit sergeants. Why, this shows a little good nature in you, I confess, but do not tempt your friends thus. Little Guildhead, advise your sire, great Guildhead, from these courses. And here, to trouble a great man in reversion for a matter of fifty and a false alarm. Away, it shows not well. Let him get the pieces and bring them. You'll hear more else. Father. Exit Guildhead and Plutarchus. Enter Ambler, dragging in Pug. Oh, Master Sledge, are you here? I have been to seek you. You are the constable, they say. Here's one that I do charge with felony for the suit he wears, sir. Who, Master Fitzdotterell's man? Wear what you do, Master Ambler. Enter Fitzdotterell. Sir, these clothes I'll swear are mine, and the shoes the gentlewoman's I told you of. And have him afore a justice, I will. My master, sir, will pass his word for me. Oh, can you speak to purpose now? Not I, if you be such a one, sir. I will leave you to your godfathers-in-law. Let twelve men work. <clears throat> Do you hear, sir, pray? In private. 
takes him aside. Well, what say you? Brief, for I have no time to lose. Truth is, sir, I am the very devil, and had leave to take this body I am in to serve you, which was a cut purses, and hanged this morning, and it is likewise true I stole this suit to clothe me with. But, sir, let me not go to prison for it. I have hitherto lost time, done nothing, shown indeed no part of my devil's nature. Now, I will so help your malice against these parties, so advance the business that you have in hand of witchcraft, and your possession as myself were in you, teach you such tricks to make your belly swell, and your eyes turn to foam, to stare, to gnash your teeth together, and to beat yourself, laugh loud and feign six voices. Out, you rogue, you most infernal counterfeit wretch, avaunt! Do you think to gull me with your Aesop's fables? Here, take him to you. I have no part in him. Sir! Away! I do disclaim. I will not hear you. Exit Sledge with Pug. What said he to you, sir? Like a lying rascal. Tell me he was the devil. How a good jest. And that he would... Teach me such fine devil's tricks for our new resolution. Oh, pox on him. T'was excellent wisely done, sir, not to trust him. Why, if he were the devil, we shall not need him if you'll be ruled. Go throw yourself on a bed, sir, and feign you ill. We'll not be seen with you till after that you have a fit and all confirmed within. To Everall. Keep you with the two ladies and persuade them i will to justice either side and possess him with all train shall seek out engine and they too fill the town with every cable is to be veered we must employ out all our emissaries now sir i will send you bladders and bellows sir be confident tis no hard thing to outdo the devil in a boy of thirteen year old made him an ass but t'other day well i'll begin to practice and scape the imputation of being cuckold by mine own act you are right. Exit Fitzdottrell. Come, you have put yourself to a simple coil here, and your friends, by dealing with new agents in new plots. No more of that, sweet cousin. What had you to do with this same witty pole for a lady? Question not that, tis done. You had some strain, bove a la? I had indeed. And now you crack for it. Do not upbraid me. Come, you must be told on't. You are so covetous, still to embrace more than you can, that you lose all. Tis right. What would make you more than guilty? Now your suckers. Exeunt. Scene four. A cell in Newgate. Enter shackles with pug in chains. Here you are lodged, sir. You must send your garnish if you'll be private. There it is, sir. Leave me. Exit Shackles. Oh, to Newgate brought. How is the name of devil discredited in me? What a lost fiend shall I be on return? My chief will roar in triumph now that I have been on earth a day and done no noted thing, but brought that body back here was hanged out this morning. <laughs> well, 
would it once were midnight that i knew my utmost <sighs> i think time be drunk and sleeps he's so still and moves not i do glory now in my torment neither can i expect it i have it with my fact enter iniquity child of hell be thou merry put a look on his round boy and red as a cherry cast care at thy posterns and firk in thy fetters they are ornaments baby have graced thy betters look upon me and hearken our chief doth salute thee unless the cold iron should chance to confute thee he hath sent thee grant parole by me to stay longer a month here on earth against cold child or hunger how longer here a month yes boy till this session that so thou mayst have a triumphal egression in a cart to be hanged no child in a car the chariot of triumph which most of them are and in the meantime to be greasy and bowsy and nasty and filthy and ragged and lousy with damn me renounce me in all the fine phrases that bring on to tyburn the plentiful gazes <sighs> he is a devil and may be our chief oh the great superior devil for his malice archdevil i acknowledge him he knew what i would suffer when he tied me up thus in a rogue's body and he has i thank him his tyrannous pleasure on me to confine me to the unlucky carcase of a cut-purse wherein i could do nothing enter satan impudent fiend stop thy lewd mouth dost thou not shame and tremble to lay thine own dull damned defects upon an innocent case there why thou heavy slave the spirit that did possess that flesh before put more true life in a finger and a thumb than thou in the whole mass yet thou rebellest and murmurest what one proffer hast thou made wicked enough this day that might be called worthy thine own much less the name that sent thee first thou didst help thyself into a beating promptly and with it in dangerous to thy tongue a devil and could not keep a body entire one day that for our credit and to vindicate it hinderest for all thou knowest a deed of darkness which was an act of that egregious folly as no one towards the devil could have thought on this for your acting but for suffering why thou hast been cheated on with a false beard and a turned cloak faith would your predecessor cutpurse think you have been so out upon thee the hurt thou hast done to let men know their strength and that they are able to outdo a devil put in a body will for ever be a scar upon our name 
whom hast thou dealt with woman or man this day but have outgone thee some way and most have proved the better fiends yet you would be employed yes hell shall make you provincial of the cheaters or board ledger for this side of the town no doubt you'll render a rare account of things bane of your itch and scratching for employment i'll have brimstone to allay it sure and fire to singe your nails off but that i would not such a damned dishonour stick on our state as that the devil were hanged and could not save a body that he took from tyburn but it must come thither again you should e'en ride but up away with him iniquity takes him on his back mount darling of darkness my shoulders are broad he that carries the fiend is sure of his load the devil was wont to carry away the evil but now the evil out carries the devil exit a loud explosion smoke etc enter shackles and the underkeepers affrighted oh me what's this a piece of justice hall is broken down for what a steam of brimstone is here the prisoner's dead came in but now ha huh. where look here Sleep. I should know his countenance. It is Gil Cutpurse was hung out this morning. Tis he. The devil sure has a hand in this. What shall we do? Carry the news of it unto the sheriffs. Unto the justices. This is strange. And savors of the devil strongly. I have the sulfur of hell coal in my nose. For Carry him in. Away. How rank it is. Exit with the body. Scene 5. A room in Fitzdottrell's house. Fitzdottrell discovered in bed. Lady either side, tailbush, ambler, trains, and pitfall standing by him. Enter Sir Paul either side, Meercraft, and Everell. This was the notablest conspiracy that e'er I heard of. Sir, they had given him potions that did enamour him on the counterfeit lady. Just to the talk of delivery of the deed. And then the witchcraft gan to appear, for straight he fell into his fit. Of rage at first, sir, which since has so increased. Good Sir Paul, see him, and punish the impostors. Therefore I come, madam. Let master either side alone, madam. Do you hear? Call in the constable. I will have him by. He's the king's officer. And some citizens of credit. I'll discharge my conscience clearly. Yes, sir, and send for his wife. And the two sorcerers, by any means. Exit Ambler. I thought one a true lady I should be sworn. So did you either side. Yes, by that light. Would I might nurse else, Tailbush. And the other a civil gentleman. But, madam, you know what I told your ladyship. I now see it. I was providing of a banquet for them, after I had done instructing of the fellow Deville, the gentleman's man, 
who has found a thief, madam, and to have robbed your usher, Master Ambler, this morning. How? I'll tell you more anon. Give me some garlic, 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 garlic. He begins his fit. Hark the poor gentleman how he is tormented. My wife is a whore. I'll kiss her no more. And why mayst not thou be a cuckold as well as I? Ha 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 that is the devil speaks and laughs in him. Do you think so, sir? I discharge my conscience. And is not the devil good company? Yes, with How he changes, sir, his voice. And a, a cuckold is wherever he put his head. With a young, if his horns be forth, the devil's companion. Look, look, look else. How he foams and swells. Oh me, what's that there rises in his belly? A strange thing. Hold it down. We, we cannot, cannot madam. madam. Tis too apparent, this. Let a pole, let a pole. Enter Wittipole, Manly, and Mrs. Fitzdottrell. How now? What play have we here? What fine new matters? The coxcomb and the coverlet. O oh, strange impudence that these should come to face their sin. And our face justice. These are the parties, sir. Say nothing. Did you mark, sir, upon their coming in how he called Wittipole? And never saw them. I warrant you did I. Let them play a while. Alas, poor gentleman, how he is tortured. Mrs. Fitzdottrell goes to him. Fie, Master Fitzdottrell, what do you mean to counterfeit thus? Oh, oh, she comes with a needle and thrusts it in. She pulls out that and she puts it up in. And now, ah, now... I do not know how, nor where, but she pricks me here and she pricks me there. No, oh, woman, forbear. What, sir? A practice foul for one so fair. Hath this then credit with you? Do you believe in it, gentlemen? I'll discharge my conscience. Tis a clear conspiracy, a dark and devilish practice. I detest it. The justice sure will prove the merrier man. This is most strange, sir. Come not to confront authority with impudence. I tell you, I do detest it. Re-enter Ambler with Sledge and Gilthead. Here comes the king's constable, and with him a right worshipful commoner, my good friend, Master Gilthead. I am glad I can before such witnesses profess my conscience and my detestation of it. Horrible, most unnatural, abominable. They whisper him. You do not tumble enough. Wallow, Nash. Oh, how he is vexed. Tis too manifest. Everell, too meercraft. Give me more soap to foam with. Now, lie still. And act a little. What does he now, sir? Show the taking of tobacco with which the devil is so delighted. 
<laughs> and calls for hum. You takers of strong waters and tobacco, mark this. Yellow, 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 yellow. That's starch, the devil's idol of that colour. He ratifies it with clapping of his hands. The proofs are pregnant. How the devil can act? He is the master of players, Master Guilthead. And poets too. You heard him talk in rhyme. I had forgotten to observe it to you, erewhile. See? He spreads fire. Oh no, he plays at figum. The devil is the author of wicked figum. Why speak you not unto him? If I had all innocence of man to be endangered, and he could save or ruin it, I'd not breathe a syllable in request to such a fool he makes himself. Oh, whisper, whisper, whisper. We shall have more of devils of score to come to dinner in me the sinner. Alas, poor gentlemen. Put them asunder. Keep them one from the other. Are you frenetic, sir? Or what grave dotage moves you to take part with so much villainy? We are not afraid either of law or trial. Let us be examined what our ends were, with the means to work by, and possibility of those means. Do not conclude against us ere you hear us. I will not hear you, yet I will conclude out of the circumstances. Will you so, sir? Yes, they are palpable. Not as your folly. I will discharge my conscience and do all to the meridian of justice. You do well, sir. Provide me to eat three or four dishes of good meat. I'll feed them in their trains. Adjust his head and brains shall be the first. The devil loves not justice. There you may see. A spare rib of my wife and all's pertinence. A guilt had whole. Be not you troubled, sir. The devil speaks it. Yes, this nut, shut, pool, jowl, owl, fowl, crow, bowl. Crambo, another of the devil's games. Meercraft, aside to Fitzdottrell. Speak, sir, some Greek if you can. Is not the justice a solemn gamester? Peace. He curses in Greek, I think. Everell, aside to Fitzdottrell. Your Spanish, yet I taught you. Your air. Your rest. Let's break his neck in jest, the devil says. What? Would the devil borrow money? Oui, oui, monsieur. Un pauvre diable. Diable ton. It is the devil by his several languages. Enter shackles with the things found on the body of the cup purse. Where is Sir Paul either side? Here. What's the matter? Oh, such an accident fallen out at Newgate, sir. A great piece of the prison is rent down. The devil has been there, sir. In the body of the young cutpurse was hanged out this morning, but in new clothes, sir. Every one of us know him. 
These things were found in his pocket. Those are mine, sir. I think he was committed on your charge, sir, for a new felony. Yes. He's gone, sir, now, and left us the dead body. But with all, sir, such an infernal stink and steam behind. You cannot see St. Polker's steeple yet. They smelter as far as where, as the wind lies by this time, sure. Fitzdoctoral starts up. Is this upon your credit, friend? Sir, you may see and satisfy yourself. Nay, then. Oh, tis time to leave off counterfeiting. Sir, I am not bewitched, nor have a devil, no more than you. I do defy him. I and did abuse you. These two gentlemen put me upon it. I have faith against him. They taught me all my tricks. I will tell truth and shame the fiend. See here, sir, are my bellows, and my false belly, and my mouse, and all that should have come forth. Sir, are you not ashamed now of your solemn, serious vanity? I will make honorable amends to truth. And so will I. But these are cosiness still, and have my land as plotters with my wife. Who, though she be not a witch, is worse, a whore. Sir, you belie her. She is chaste and virtuous, and we are honest. I do know no glory a man should hope by venting his own follies, but you'll still be an ass in spite of providence. Please you go in, sir, and hear truths, then judge them, and make amends for your late rashness, when you shall but hear the pains and care was taken to save this fool from ruin, his grace of drowned land. My land is drowned indeed. Peace. And how much his modest and too worthy wife hath suffered by misconstruction from him, you will blush, first for your own belief, more for his actions. His land is his, and never by my friend or by myself meant to another use, but for her suckers, who hath equal right if any other had worse counsels in it. I know I speak to those can apprehend me. Let them repent them. Be not detected. It is not manly to take joy or pride in human errors. We do all ill things. They do them worse that love them and dwell there till the plague comes. The few that have the seeds of goodness left will sooner make their way to a true life by shame than punishment. He comes forward for the epilogue. Thus, the projector here is overthrown. But I have now a project of mine own, if it may pass that no man would invite the poet from us to sup forth tonight, if the play please. If it displeasant be, we do presume that no man will, nor we. Exeunt. End of Act Five. End of The Devil is an Ass by Ben Johnson